garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. I want to preach today from the subject, Lessons from God's Blessings. Will you say that with me? Lessons from God's Blessings. Thank you so much, Brother Mike Argo, for uh, those songs. They tied beautifully into um, today's sermon, Lesson from God's Blessings. One of the most intriguing stories in the annals of biblical history surrounding God keeping a person is the story of Joseph. Joseph in this text has now been promoted by Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to the number two position in the nation. Now what's interesting is that God had walked him through the horror of being sold into slavery at the age of 17. God had guided him through uh, the, the humiliation of being falsely accused of rape. God had coached him through the hardship of serving a prison term for a crime he did not commit. Anybody here has ever paid a debt um, on something that you did not owe or have been accused of something you did not do. Joseph experienced that. And now here he is 12 to 13, 13 years later since his nightmare began to unfold. Here he is second in command of Egypt. Genesis 41 46 tells us us that Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he became the number two man in the nation of Egypt. So at the young and tender age of 30, Joseph is now living his dream of leadership. Remember, he said to his brothers, I, I have this dream and, and I'll be over you and you'll bow down to me. Now he is beginning to live that dream. A dream that began in Genesis 37 and came to fruition in Genesis 41. The question concerning the matter, this matter, has baffled theologians and Bible, biblical scholars and historians alike. And the question is this. How could it be? How could it be that a foreigner, how could it be that a Hebrew slave with a prison record, we might add, how could it be that he would rise to such a level of leadership? How could it be that Joseph would rise to prestige and prominence and power? Not to mention the fact that in just 
13 years, Joseph's influence surpassed everybody else's in the kingdom to the point that Pharaoh created a position just for him. How could that be? You see, another amazing aspect of this story is that Egyptian pharaohs viewed themselves as sovereign rulers. That is, they even viewed themselves as God with a little g. Now, we just came out of vacation Bible school, and Sister Pickett handled that that, that Daniel text very well, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and, and you remember in that story, King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had an altar, a, a statue erected, it said an image, I believe, in his image for everybody to bow down to. They viewed themselves as gods. Well, it was rare very rare for pharaohs to share their power with anyone, especially those outside of their circle of influence. When leaders get power, sometimes they don't mind sharing, but they share power with those in their inner circles. In the case of a pharaoh, it was rare that he would share this kind of power, particularly with an outsider, if you will. Notice the wording of the text in Genesis 41 and 40. You will be in charge of my palace, unheard of. And you will be in charge of all my people. They are to submit to your orders, unheard of. Only with respect to the throne, Pharaoh said, will I be greater than you, unheard of. This was an unprecedented transfer of power, an, an unusual gesture of confidence, a remarkable display of assurance on behalf of Pharaoh towards Joseph. Therefore, the only way for us to understand this phenomenal chain of events in Joseph's life is simply to acknowledge the fact that Joseph was a recipient of God's blessings, God's favor. Joseph was a recipient of God's blessings. Now, how do we respond to God's blessings? If we take a casual glance at Joseph's blessings, we can easily overlook an important aspect of Joseph's life. That important aspect is the fact that whenever, don't miss this, whenever God blesses his people, a person or his people, there are always lessons he wants us to learn from those blessings. And that's what we're talking about today. Remember this, whenever God blesses you, Whenever God shows his favor upon you, there are always lessons associated with God's blessings. Certainly the major theme surrounding how God blessed Joseph and used him to preserve and deliver his people from starvation is paramount. However, further probing of the text reveals to us 
that there are lessons from God's blessings that all of us will do well to learn and to implement in our daily lives. So what are they? What are the lessons Joseph teaches us from the blessings he received from the hand of God? Well, there are just three uh, or four that I want to uh, uh, identify today. The first lesson from God's blessings is that some blessings from God come with a high price tag. Now, now that, that, that just flies in the face of the, 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 the theology that says your blessing is floating around somewhere in the atmosphere and all you have to do is just jump up and grab it or reach up and grab it. That's easy believism. Men of God's blessings come with a very high price tag. We need to know that. At 30 years of age, Joseph was now living his dream of leadership. You see in your imagination, Joseph rises to, to power. But that rise to power did not come courtesy of a silver platter or on a flowery bed of ease. In fact, in fact, in fact, the scriptures tell us how Joseph arrived at his blessings. Walk with me chronologically, if you will. Genesis 37 informs us his brothers were jealous of him. His brothers were, were jealous of him. Verse 23, they stripped him of his coat of many colors. Uh, that might even infer here that on the way to some blessings from God, we, we may lose some things that are important to, to, to us. First of all, his, his brothers were, were jealous of him. He had to endure that. On, on our way to God's blessing, sometimes we have to endure jealousy of other people. They stripped him of his coat of many colors. He lost something that was important to him. They, they took him and threw him in a pit with no water in it, sometimes in routes to God's blessings, we must endure evil attacks that are designed to disable us, destroy us, depress us. Verse 28, they threw him in a pit and, and then they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now, when Joseph arrived in Egypt, he was given a job as houseboy for Potiphar. And Potiphar was the chief of Pharaoh's security. Joseph did a fine job and, and, and was, it was very successful until one day Potiphar's wife laid eyes on him and decided that this fine young Hebrew boy was somebody she would like to get more intimately involved with. So she seduced him, and Joseph said, no, I cannot, I cannot uh, uh, disobey my God and dishonor my God and, and dishonor my master who had enough confidence in me to give me this position in the first place. So he refused her advances, and then she made it look like he was trying to rape her. In chapter 39, verses 16 through 18, she lied on Joseph. And in verse 20, Joseph's master had him put into prison. So it was Joseph spent 12 to 13 years of his life in prison for a crime he did not commit. 
It wasn't until he interpreted a dream for Pharaoh that he was released from prison, and then he stepped into his season of blessing. That's what the song was talking about. Your, your blessing, your season of blessing. After all that he had been, been through, then he stepped into his season of blessing. Some people never get to their season of blessing because they are unwilling to go through what God is allowing them to go through. Well, what did Joseph's blessing cost him? Do you see what Joseph's blessings cost him? Some blessings even today come with a high price tag. I wish I could tell you that that everything you get from God will will come easy and that and, and, and that you'll never have any struggle and that we'll never have any trials, but but that wouldn't be the truth. And, and that's not what you want your pastor to tell you. You want your pastor to tell you the truth. And I'm convinced that the reason some people forfeit some of God's choices, blessings designed for them is because they are unwilling to pay the high cost. You see, some people looking at Joseph, not knowing his history, could easily become jealous and envious of his position. Not knowing that he had been rejected and sold into slavery by his brothers, not knowing that he had been falsely accused of rape, not knowing that he had been unjustifiably placed in the, into prison, all they see is the here and the now. They would be inclined to hate on him for his blessings. Some people are inclined to hate perhaps on you for your blessings, but they don't know your story. They don't know all you've been through. They don't know what you have come through in order to get to where God has placed you. That's a, that's a normal fleshly reaction. Some would be inclined to hate on Joseph for his blessings, but how many of them do you think would be willing to walk a mile in Joseph's shoes. Most would simply say, if that's what it's, it takes, forget it. The truth of the matter is some are simply not willing to pay the price. Notice the words of Jesus in Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, and get this, take up his cross, Here's a her cross, and Jesus said, and follow me. Now, it's the cross-bearing issue that gives folk the trouble. I'll try this one on. Luke 9, 57 and 58, as they walked along, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. A pretty impressive statement, isn't it? Verse 58, Jesus replied, foxes have holes. And birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, don't follow me just because you think I'll give you a mansion on the hill. Jesus says, if you want, if, if you want the blessings of being associated with my disciple, you must pay the price. I can't tell you the number of people I've encountered over almost 38 years of preacher preaching, saying to me that they felt called to preach us to some other leadership position uh, for God. But when it comes to paying the cost, the enthusiasm just isn't there. Oh, they want the limelight. They want the spotlight. They want the titles. But, 
but they aren't willing to pay the price. Why? Because the price involves too much sacrifice, too much preparation, too many television shows and movies to miss, too many rounds of golf unplayed, too much overtime money to be forfeited, too much time needed for prayer, study, and preparation for the word. I thank God so much for our associate pastors. I thank God for Dr. Harris and, and for Dr. Stevens and for Brother Joe and Pastor Trudell in his absence. And I, I thank God for, for Minister Axum and young Marcus O'Kobe, people who are willing to pay the price for leadership. And yet when they stand and proclaim God's word, you don't have a clue as to what they've been through. For the teachers, my wife, and others who stand after hours of preparation to bring forth, thus says the Lord. Thank God for people who are willing to pay the high call. Like the young rich ruler, too tied to his stuff to follow Jesus. People turn away, thus missing out on the joys of their blessings. You see, Jesus, our blessed redeemer, is our blessed redeemer, but before he wore the crown, he suffered on the cross. Before he became, rose victoriously from the grave, he suffered and bled and died on an old rugged cross. You see, Jesus was willing to pay the high call. The second lesson from God's blessings is never use your blessings to avenge your adversaries. Simply stated, God does not bless us so we can use our blessings to get back, get even, or settle the score with people who have hurt us in the past. That's not why God blesses us. Joseph modeled this lesson well. Long after Joseph had sent for his father, his brothers, and the entire family to come to Egypt, his father died. The father then, his brothers then became fearful that Joseph would take revenge on them for selling him into slavery. So it was Genesis 50, 15 through 21, records this soul-stirring dialogue. Verse 15 begins, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us? In other words, Joseph now is in power. Joseph has the power in his hands to destroy us. What if he uses that power to pay us for the wrongs we did to him? Remember, we sold him to Ishmaelite slave traders for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph down to, to Egypt. What if he decides to get even? So they went, sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. Verse 17, this is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of God, the God of your father. Now get this. When the message came to him, Joseph Wept. In verse 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves. Now, he's weeping because he's heartbroken that his brothers would think 
that he would even do something like that. After how good he has been to them, after how he had blessed them, they still think evil of him. But notice verse 19. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? In other words, vengeance is, is, is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. I'm not playing God in this situation. If God wants to get even with you, if God wants to take you down, God will do it, but I won't use my power to do it. So he assured them. He said, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Verse 20, I love it. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for my good. In order to bring it about as it is it is this day to save many people. You see, although his brother sold him into slavery, and although Pontiphar's wife lied on him, and although he spent 12 to 13 years of his life in prison for a crime he did not commit, Joseph never used his power for revenge. Never used his position to get even. Never used his prestige to settle the score. And the lesson is this. Neither should we. God elevates you to a level of leadership on your job, and some folk have done you wrong on your way up. Don't use that leadership position to get back at them. Let God handle them, and you honor God. Third lesson from God's blessing is when God blesses us, we ought to be a blessing to others. That's what Joseph did. When he made it to the top, he didn't forget where he came from. He did not take on the attitude, I've got mine. I've worked hard for mine. Nobody helped me. Nobody gave me anything. He didn't take on that attitude. He didn't assume the posture, look at me, everybody. See how I roll, how you like me now. Look at the size of, and the model of my chariot. He didn't even say, I'm the number two man. When I bow down, everybody drops the knee. No, that was given by Pharaoh. He didn't say, I'll, dry, I'll dress in purple and fine linen and try to impress people. He didn't say, I'll adorn my neck with the finest of gold. No, Joseph's approach to blessings was simple. Notice what the words of Joseph in Genesis 15 and 21 of his words he stated. I will provide for you and your children. Isn't that all right? He, he, said, he said, now that God has helped me, I'm going to reach back and help you. Now that God has lifted me up, I'm going to do all I can to lift you up. Now that God has put me in the spotlight, I'm not going to hoard the light for myself, but I'm going to bring y'all around and let you enjoy some of the light. That's a lesson of leadership. When God blesses us, we ought to bless others. We ought to bless others. 
Joseph assured them and spoke kindly to them. And what I hear Joseph saying is that since God has blessed me, I'll bless you. And since God has elevated me, I'll elevate you. Joseph was blessed to be a blessing, and so should we. Don't, don't ever think that, 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 that when God blesses you, it's all about you. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. When God blesses us, we are to bless somebody else. That, that's one of the problems I've had for years, and it's dying down now some with, with this whole call, so-called prosperity movement. And it's all about what I can get. You know, I, I can get these things. I can get, but very rarely is it about what I can get and then turn around and give to somebody else. Joseph was blessed to be a blessing, and so are we. You, you see, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a child of God celebrating and enjoying the blessings of God. Spiritual blessings, there's nothing wrong with that. God's blessing you spiritually, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we ought to celebrate and rejoice over our physical blessings. We ought to celebrate, praise God, shout hallelujah over our financial and our material blessings. If God blesses us financially and materialistically, we ought to say praise God, hallelujah. God blesses us to ride good. Ride with your head up high. And when people ask you how you got it, tell them God did it. And if you need a ride, you're welcome to ride along with me. My wife and I often laugh about it. My granddaddy didn't have very much eighth grade education, but God blessed him to, to work for a couple of men in our city Columbia, South Carolina. He, he worked on a rock quarry, and then he hurt his back. And when he hurt his back, the, 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 the owner of the company, had two sons, just took my grandfather under, under their wings. And, and whatever daddy need, they got it for him. And, and it was difficult in South Carolina, particularly with not, not a lot of education. But these two men were wealthy and lived in a big house. And granddaddy took care of their house. But whatever daddy needed. They took care of him. Christmas time, they took care of him. Thanksgiving time, they took care of him. And when he needed a car, or two cars, they took care of him. But you know what daddy did? He took those cars and he gave other folk a ride to church. Because there were a lot of people in our, in, our, in our community that didn't have cars. And so daddy never rolled down the street in the car that he had gotten from Mr. Lott. And with his head up and nose in the air, but he said, if you needed a ride, blessed to, to bless somebody else. That's what Joseph did. His willingness to bless others with the blessings received from God not only saved his family, but preserved an entire nation from, from starvation. You never know how your blessings is going to bless somebody else, the impact of your blessings. And fourthly and finally today in the text, you find this last lesson from God's blessings. It is, remember, when you get blessed, give God the glory. That's the lesson. When, when you get blessed, give God the glory. I think about the ten lepers, you know. You know, you know, Jesus healed them, and, 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 and they, they went on their way, and, and on their way to the priest, they, they got healed. And when they got healed, nine of them went their own way. Only one came back yeah, yeah. to give God 
the glory. Only one came back to say, Jesus, I want to thank you. I was a leper, you healed me. I want to thank you. I was sick, you made me well. I want to thank you. He, they praised his holy name. In other words, when you get blessed, let everybody know that the source of your blessing is God. You get blessed, don't, don't tell people I did it myself. I'm here because of how good I am, how smart I am. I've been pastor, blessed to pastor one of God's best churches for now going on 17 years. And I never tell people I'm here because of how good I am. This was a good church. You could have called anybody. Pastors all over the United States will be thrilled to pastor this church. Many gifted and talented preachers and pastors. But I'm blessed to be here because God blessed Sister Pickett and I to be here. That's why we're here. I want everybody to know. I tell my friends, I'm, I'm blessed to be at Good Hope. God is a good God all the time. He keeps on blessing us over and over and over again. All that we have, all that we hope to be, come from God's blessing. As I wrap it up, that's exactly what Joseph did back in Genesis 41, 15. Watch this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, but I have heard it said of you, underline you in your mind, that when you, underline you again, hear a dream, Pharaoh said, you, talking about Joseph, underscore you again, can interpret it. Do, do you see what's happening here? Pharaoh said that, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can't interpret it. You have the power to interpret it. You have the, the power. You are able to interpret dreams. That's what he said. But in verse 16, King James Version, Joseph hurriedly gives God the glory, saying, it is not, underscore not, in me, God. Underscore God. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You see what Joseph did? He said, it's not about me. Oh, I know y'all think I'm all of that, but it's not about me. I know y'all think I'm good, but it ain't about me. Listen, listen, listen. John 15 and 5, Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man or woman abides in me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. Without God, we are nothing. Without God, we can do absolutely nothing. It's all about him. I live where I live because of God. I drive what I drive because of God. I pastor where I pastor because of God, 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 amazing grace. Oh, and then, says not me, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Then in verse 45 and 9, after Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers and said to, and said, he said to them, now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph said. Hurry back. Tell daddy like it is. Hurry back. Tell daddy that God 
receive that. Tell daddy that God has made me Lord over Egypt. Now don't go back and tell daddy that Joseph was so smart he got there. Don't tell daddy that Joseph was so good looking. That's what got him there. Don't go back and tell daddy that Joseph was so cunning and wise. But tell daddy that God. How many of us today can say God did it? I almost let go. But God kept me. He kept me. He kept me. So I wouldn't let go. Yeah. 